What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Through the Smoke, a Miami Hurricanes podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. I'm Andrew Ivins, joined as always by my man, David Lake. David, man, it's been it's been a while. Like I feel like I almost forgot the intro, but it, <laughs> all we did was take one episode off and I've almost forgot it. Yeah, back on a game week, um, Friday night game. So it'll be It'll be a little different, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. I'm, I'm very curious to see how Miami handles this, this second half of the season, this final stretch run. Um, well, before we get into some early NC State talk, why don't, I, why don't I ask you, what are you anticipating this final stretch run for Miami to be? So Miami currently 5-1, and one, um, ranked, what, number 11 in most of the polls, I think both the polls. How do you mm-hmm. see – um, the next few weeks shaken out? Yeah, I mean, honestly, it's nothing, it's nothing different than when the schedule first came out, right? I think you still have to circle Virginia Tech, which is after this NC State game. And then you, you kind of circle the uh, last game of the regular season at this point, uh, the December 5th matchup against North Carolina. So you know, I think all of us inside the U predicted eight and three uh, for this season. I might, you know, halfway through, I might bump that number up to nine and two, to be honest. Uh, but but certainly if if Miami does keep improving and, um, you know, handles handles their business, they could run the table. They could go 10 and one. Uh, I don't think it's going to be pretty if they do it, but the bottom line is, is you just get the job done and try and navigate this weird COVID season. And, uh, you know, a nine and two, 10 and one, I would even suggest an eight and three season is a significant jump from where Miami ended the 2019 season. So we'll see how it goes. Let's just get the uh, elephant out of the room. Um, Miami plays Friday night, like you said, at NC State. Plenty of rumors making the rounds uh, about Miami potentially having some guys out uh, due to 2020 COVID uh, positive tests or or contact tracing. Um, I'm not going to sit here and speculate, you know, who might be out or anything like that. I don't want to go down that road. I think it's a slippery yeah. slope, especially with, um, you know, there's like laws in place, HIPAA and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so my question to you, David, is Miami strategically had certain guys, or I mean, was this strategic or was it not? But they had certain guys speak to the media on Monday. I'm sure that'll be the case on Tuesday. I don't know about, well, maybe not because everyone has that day off, but um, yeah. You know, I think they do a good job of like tweeting out like certain photos of guys when they're traveling and whatnot. But basically, why I'm getting to this is Derek King, Quincy Roche, and who else spoke with the media on Monday? Mike Harley. So it was those three guys, uh, you know, three seniors, three of the top leaders of the team. And essentially, yes, look, I, we run a Miami Hurricanes football website where we get in the weeds of every little thing, right? And, and so I do believe every little thing matters. We saw against, you know, going into the Clemson game, we saw where it, you know, where it mattered how uh, they had a targeting penalty and had to throw Brian, you know, true freshman safety Brian Balaam into the game. 
what was that in the second quarter and, yeah. and had to just hang on for dear life because in the second half they had Gervin Hall available, um, you know, the, the regular starting safety. So I do think everything matters. Um, you know, no matter who it is in your, in your starting, you know, starting 11, if this Miami team is missing anyone on either side of the ball on the starting 11, in my opinion, it does matter. Now, there's certainly guys that matters more, and, and Derek King is the probably first, second, third, fourth, and fifth uh, guy on the team that exemplifies that. So as long as Derek King is available, is playing, you know, Miami should be just fine against this NC State team. Uh, now, there, there's definitely rumors out there that, uh, you know, some of the key offensive skill players are out. Again, we're not going to speculate. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, in the message board world or, or Twitter world, where there's smoke, there's fire, right? So you can read into those rumors however you want. And if you want to seek them out, go for it. Um, but if Miami does have De'Aaron King available, I think Miami fans should still feel good about where they stand going into this NC State game. What, like, all right, not rank these guys, but who on offense would, if they were out, would you be most concerned about? Like, what is the one player like, uh, I don't know. So after Derek King? Um, yeah, obviously. Oh, that's interesting. I mean, honestly... Like, I do think losing Mike Harley would be a big deal um, just because he's a steadying force. And I, so to me, this becomes a debate about what is the drop-off from the starter to the backup, right? And so, like, if Miami lost running back Cam Harris, I think the freshman duo of Don Chaney and Jalen Knighton could step in and do uh, a good job. I think... You know, the offensive line, if you start losing two or three guys, it gets really scary. But I think we've seen this year in particular, they've lost, they've gone through some games where they've had to, you know, patchwork some offensive tackles with Zion Nelson filling in here and there. I feel like they do have decent depth, you know, one or two guys on the interior. And so, you know, I think they could, they could make it work on the offensive line if it's one or two guys. Uh, slot receiver, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not it's, – to me, it's, it's a bad drop-off from Mike Harley to the next option. Tight end, I mean, look, if Miami loses Brevin Jordan, uh, Will Mallory can fill in. If Miami loses Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory, in my opinion, you just go four wide right? Like you, you go four wide or you have Jalen Knighton line up in the slot a lot. So I think you, you change your offense in that regard. Um, so I, can I, let me chime in yeah. here. Like, go I ahead. think, I mean, uh, I guess maybe my number two guy would be Brevin Jordan, like in terms of like the offense needs him, but Miami has won two games in a row without Brevin Jordan. So right. maybe I need to recalibrate my thinking process on that. And maybe I lean towards a uh, Jared Williams or a Corey Gaynor. Um, 
I do think if you lost one position group and it was the two tight ends, Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory, like I do not think that would be ideal. Um, I'm not, yeah. I'm not a big believer in Dom Marmorelli and Larry Hodges. Um, I don't this think point, those, yeah. right. I don't think those guys would be able to, to block uh, and help in the pass protection. And we've seen while Miami's offensive line has taken some steps forward, you know, uh, there's often times where Derek King uh, is getting hit in the pocket. And I, I think David Hale for ESPN tweeted out earlier this week, Derek King right now, number two in the country in pure scramble yards, just scramble yards. Yes. So, um, again, like, yeah, he was number one last week, but you know, the bye week knocked him down a little bit, but yeah, he's, and look, we'll get into this a little bit more, but I guess this NC State defense, scramble, scramble yards will be there for the taking. So in my opinion, like no matter what, like obviously you would always want Brevin Jordan and always want Will Mallory. Um, but in my opinion, this game was always going to be a De'Aaron King game where he's got to kind of put the team on his back and, and just produce at a high level, rack up numbers. And uh, we'll see if he can get that done. And I agree, like to your point with the tight ends, if, 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 you know, hypothetically, Brevin Jordan and Will Mallory are out. That you got to change your offense. You you got to come yeah. out four wide. So I would expect that to happen. Well, if those two are out, you can't. <laughs> yeah. Can't that. Out. <laughs> what right. about on the defensive side of the ball? Like, where would be panic at an all time? Like, are you hoping that maybe Zach McLeod's in contract tracing? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um. I mean, yeah, look, anyone on the defensive line, like, I think it would be, it's a significant drop off to the backup, right? Um, so it would be a big deal there. I think corner, honestly, I think you could argue like the drop offs from the starters to the backups, you know, at a lot of the defensive spots is, is bigger than on offense. Uh, is that crazy? Because like, I think you look at corner, and the drop off from from the you know three typical guys who play there to the fourth is significant. The drop off from the three guys at safety to the fourth is significant. Yeah, uh, you know linebacker they're they're getting a rotation going there, but you know the the play there isn't exactly high level no matter who's in the game right now anyway. So you know what are we talking about there? But yeah, I mean defensively. The depth is thin, you know, and so if, if, if any of those starters, you know, or multiple starters start, you know, having to be out for this game, it does get a little scary in my opinion there too. You know, I've never really thought of it like that. It's like Miami has uh, at corner, they got three, but not four. At safety, they got three, but they don't got four. Um, it is kind of not weird, but I, yeah, that's a good way to think about Miami's depth. Yeah, they're, they're, they got the depth, but it's not fully there. And I think that kind of goes to talking about building out a roster completely. Yes. Yeah. They got to keep recruiting and, you know, D line, I think like me personally, I feel good about five, to be honest, maybe six on a good day. If one of those young guys shows up, but yeah, I mean, again, if, if you lose a D lineman, the depth gets in a really, really bad spot. So, you know, honestly, this is how it's going to be the rest of the season. The weather's turning. 
it's it's cold and flu season, you know, in general with without COVID, um, without a pandemic happening. So, you know, it's just that time of year where, uh, you know, this is even it's heightened now that we're we're trying to navigate COVID uh, with the football season. So the rest of the season, you know, just you got to keep your fingers crossed every week that. You know, that unavailability report that's released an hour before the game is a short list. Well, it's, I was doing a radio show on Monday night and we talked to someone that covered Florida. We talked to someone that covered Notre Dame. And I was thinking to myself, you know, both of these teams that these guys had covered had already been through some type of, you know, yeah. shutdown because of, testing positive tests contract tracing like Miami has gotten very lucky to be where they are um six seven eight weeks into the season correct and you know look let's just be real too like uh randomly Miami's bye week was on Halloween and so you would hope that you know the majority of the team was mature and and handled themselves Accordingly, during Halloween, when lots of party, you know, when you're a college age student, you go out and party on Halloween, you have a good time. So uh, hopefully, you know, if guys did go out, hopefully they were smart about it and, you know, dodged COVID. So we'll see how it goes. It does sound like, though, that they actually practiced on either Saturday or Sunday. Yes, I think so, because, you know, uh, election day is Tuesday. And then you have the Friday game. And uh, right, they have a Friday game. Election day is Tuesday. And so the NCAA mandated that um, the entire country is off from athletic activity on election day. So, you know, Miami had to plan that out accordingly. And so, yeah, I, di- I do think they definitely practiced over the weekend. Which is smart if it was by design or not. Um, anything else you want to get into from Monday's availability or should we take a quick break? Yeah, let's, let's take a quick break. All right. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. And we are back. David, let's kind of do a quick scouting report of NC State, uh, coached by Dave Doran. Miami hasn't played them in a while. Um, their starting quarterback is injured, which means they're going to be with a backup. Uh, but that backup mm-hmm. was benched in one of their in, in the last time out for them. So I think what have the Wolfpack announced a, a starter? Is what's what's going on there? 
Yeah, Dave Doran said on Monday, uh, you know, they're, they're still going to roll with Bailey Hockman, who I think is a redshirt junior. He's an upperclassman, former Florida State player, uh, transferred from Florida State when he wasn't, uh, you know, looking like it was going to play. He was going to play there. So he's been at NC State for a season or two. And I guess Dave Doran's going to roll with him. So the debate was Bailey Hockman or true freshman Ben Finley who is the younger brother of Ryan Finley, who was a successful transfer at NC State uh, a couple years ago, uh, transferred from Boise State. So they're sticking with the older guy. Bailey Hockman, um, you know, he's, he's a lefty. He's a guy that, honestly, I think has a ceiling. I don't think he's like the most dynamic thrower or runner. Um, I think he's kind of starting because he can, he knows the offense the best. That's, that's why I think he's starting. I wouldn't be surprised to see the true freshman Ben Finley uh, get worked into the game. Some, Uh, you know, some of the Bailey Hockman has played plenty this season because the NC state starter, Devin Leary missed the first couple games because he was in COVID protocol at the start of the year. So we do have some some sample size on Bailey Hockman as a starting quarterback and just some things that stand out about him. You know, he's a guy that honestly holds the ball too long. Um, and when he so his average time to attempt is 2.68 seconds, which is one of the you know longest times to hold the ball in the ACC. Um, and when he when he attempts to throw the ball after two and a half seconds. He's only completing 40% of his passes, and he's thrown three picks. He really struggles under pressure or when teams blitz him. That was kind of a a theme of of their loss to Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech did a good job of getting pressure on him, and he struggled with those looks. Um, So, you know, Miami honestly is is fortunate that they aren't facing Devin Leary, who broke his legs a few weeks ago against Duke. You know, in my opinion, Devin Leary was trending to be one of the better quarterbacks in the ACC this year. Uh, he really pushed the ball downfield at, a, at an impressive rate. And, you know, if he was playing in this game, this game honestly would be scary for Miami fans. But instead, you luck out and get Bailey Hockman and Ben Finley. I'll just touch on their weapons a little bit. Just the thing that stands out uh, on the surface level about NC State's receivers is the big physical big bodied guys that you know can can make grown man catches they're not the fastest guys but they're physical and bailey hockman will throw the ball up to them and you know he he trusts them to make contested catches so you got tight and carry angeline 6'7 250 he originally signed with usc at a high school so he's a talented guy uh emeka amezi is a senior receiver, 6'3", 220 pounds. Devin Carter, I believe, is another senior receiver. He's 6'4", 215 pounds. And then in the, in the slot, you got Thayer Thomas, who's a you know nice little slot receiver that's also an effective punt returner. So, uh, you know, they, they Miami's corners are going to be in for a physical battle, honestly, when the ball's in the air. Um, so we'll see how they stand up to those matchups in the run game uh they do get ricky person jr back who 
I think sustained a concussion against North Carolina, but he had bye week to get through the concussion protocol and he's back. He's kind of their physical guy, six one two fifteen. Again, not fast, but he is physical. And then Zonovan Knight, in my opinion, is their best back. Um, he's definitely a one-cut, quick acceleration guy, uh, kind of more of an explosive threat. Um, but they do split carries pretty evenly between those two guys. And then on just one guy to uh, highlight on the offensive line, Ikem Ekwanu. Uh, Manny Diaz said he is the best offensive lineman that Miami will have faced at this point in the season. And his pro football focus grades certainly bear that out. He, I think, has graded out at above a 90 in run blocking. Um, if not, then he's in the high 80s. But he is a road grader. He's, he's played both tackle and guard during his career and, and been pretty effective at both. Most recently, he, he's playing left tackle. So, um, and a lot of NC State's successful runs go to that left side. So that's just kind of a quick snapshot on the NC State offense. I will say when Devin Leary was the quarterback, they were one of the more explosive offenses in the ACC. Um, when you look at explosive plays of at least 30 yards in the ACC, it was teams at the top of the list. It was teams like North Carolina, Louisville, Clemson, Miami, and NC State was right there as well. So I think the average Miami fan might be surprised to learn that. Now, will they be as explosive with Bailey Hockman? I would say no. Um, but, but we'll see Friday night. I forgot. Plenty of ties for uh, Manny Diaz to NC State. or I mean, not yes. a ton, but he was there. And Todd Stroud as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and former director of player personnel, Matt Doherty, is actually in uh, working in NC State's recruiting department now. So there is some, uh, some crossover. Yeah, and, and Manny has said he knows Dave Dorn quite well over the years. Just they've, they've uh, struck up kind of a, a friendly relationship, recruiting similar areas over the years, and uh, there's definitely a respect there. Um, and, and when talking about NC State's defense, the thing that makes them tricky is their alignment. They run a three-three-five defense, and... Um, you know, you don't really see that at the power five level. That's kind of more of a, a group of five type defense. But uh, NC State has uh, Tony Gibson as their defensive coordinator, who uh, had a strong five-year run or so at West Virginia. Miami played against Tony Gibson's defense in the Russell Athletic Bowl back in 2016. And, you know, my struggled – through a quarter and a half against that defense before they figured things out and kind of exploded for 31 points in the second and third quarters and put the game away. But the 3-3-5 defense will test you because um, it puts eight guys in the box on a lot of plays and it's hard to get a read before the snap on whether they're going to bring the house on a blitz of eight guys or if they're going to drop eight guys uh, back into coverage so um, it can be tricky I will say Derek King has experience and success 
facing this style of defense back in his Houston days. Um, so it, it shouldn't necessarily be anything new to him. But uh, NC State does have some personnel, particularly at linebacker. That's the strength of their defense, in my opinion, the linebackers. Um, they do some good things, led by Peyton Wilson, who I think, to me, he looks like a future NFL player at linebacker, kind of a, their, their best playmaker on their defense, in my opinion. So it'll be a little tricky matchup. But again, you know, we, I mentioned this is a game where De'Ara King has to, you know, produce. Uh, there's going to be chances for deep shots downfield one-on-one. Um, you got to put it on the receivers. And there's chances to burn blitzes for scramble yards. Uh, if D.R. King can make that first guy miss, there's going to be a big running lanes for him as a scrambler. So you got to burn these blitz plays. And, you know, we've seen through the first half of the season, a lot of offenses do this to NC State. They're allowing 300 or they're allowing 34 points per game on defense. They're allowing, I think, 447 yards per game on defense. So they are still working some things out this year um, in terms of playing consistently, uh, but they def- they still do some things that will confuse offensive lines and quarterbacks. It's funny you mentioned uh, you think linebacker is the strength of their team because I was having a conversation uh, with another analyst a couple of days ago and pretty much any time uh, or anytime we come across a linebacker that we really like that's that's under rank normally nc states in the mix so i think they do a very good job of just mm-hmm. evaluating athletic guys and you know it's translated to some giving them some good linebackers uh the vegas line uh betting line for friday i think it opened at nine up to nine and a half i want to say i checked tuesday morning and it was 10 on my on my local, do you think this is even or, or, or fair? Or, or, or where do you kind of gauge that? I think it's fair, you know, as long as Derek King plays for Miami, right? Um, and again, you know, there's these COVID rumors out there that I think could maybe slightly impact the line by a point, a point and a half or something. But overall, you know, Miami, if, if, if you break it down like Derek King, for Miami against Bailey Hockman for NC State, Miami has a significant advantage there. So I think nine or ten points is fair. Um, let's uh, let's talk about the quarterback recruiting real quick. Um, Jake Garcia I'm here for it. Yeah, always. Jake Garcia now at Grayson uh, in, in Georgia, outside of Atlanta. He made his debut for. Um, at his fifth high school on on Friday night I didn't get a chance to see much of it still haven't had the time to re-watch that uh but I I will Uh, I know he didn't start but he did throw a touchdown and all that um he still seems to be the focus for in terms of high school kids but um I think me and you touched on this on, on the last podcast we think there's a good chance that Miami could explore that transfer portal and and more and more um you know it seems like quarterbacks are entering that portal um there's rumors that some guys in georgia might uh get in there uh, you know might 
uh, enter the portal. Nothing yet on that front. And then there was a kid from SMU, which is Rhett Lashley's old school. He entered his name in there on Monday. I know you watched his, what was it, huddle or highlight tape? What did you think of him? Yeah, his name is Terrence Gibson, and I think he's a redshirt freshman. So he's a guy that's kind of in that Derek King mold uh, of being an athletic guy that is a threat with his legs. Um, you know, he's not as good of a passer as Derek King, but he is a, a very good athlete. So, um, you know, it, it, it is intriguing to see his name in the portal. I would assume Rhett Lashley played a role in recruiting him to SMU. And, uh, you know, it's, it's intriguing. I'm not sure if, if he's a guy that, you know, you would necessarily want Miami to go all in on at this point. Um, but to, to your original point, like, there is going to be, I think, a second wave of, of quarterbacks uh, that Miami can recruit via the transfer portal because you know there's this pending legislation out there of a one-time free transfer uh quarterbacks already transfer at a, at a higher rate than any other position um and i think that's only going to get magnified if that rule gets passed so um you know it's it's just interesting mainly because he is a guy that had some some ties to rhett lashley um but ultimately, is he good enough to play at Miami? I don't know. Um, he did say yesterday, he was quoted in the media saying one of the reasons why he transferred from SMU is because he wants to explore options that are closer to home. He is originally from Houston. I guess he has yeah. a daughter. So there's that. Yeah, yeah he, I, I think he's only attempted six passes in, in six career games, rushed 14 times for – 56 yards and a score. I mean, I'm not saying he would be an option for Miami, right. uh, but I think it just shows that more and more guys are going to be in that portal. And I think the closer we get to the end of the semester, uh, more names will appear. He hasn't entered the portal. It's just rumors at this point, but what was your opinion of, of Georgia signee, current true freshman Carson Beck out of high school? Well, I saw him in the 8A state title game, uh, his junior season against um, Miami Columbus. He was at Jacksonville Mandarin. I thought he was he was awesome there in pads. Um, you know, he helped his, his school win a state title. Um, you know, I, he didn't have as good of a senior season as he did as a junior season. And there's some theories out there as to why, you know, that happened. Um, he lost a lot of his weapons, but uh, he was a, a four-star kid, a kid that went to the elite 11 and, you know, someone that both Florida and Miami wanted before he ended up at, at Georgia. Uh, if he entered, I think he was someone you definitely probably have to uh, have to give a look. And, you know, I, I think I'm pretty sure he's pretty close with Will Mallory because uh, Beck started his career off at Jacksonville Providence, which is where mm -hmm. Will Mallory was. So, I, I mean, I don't know. What do you think? I like I, I agree. Like, OK, I think the first thing that's tough to project with this quarterback situation is what is Derek King going to do in terms of coming back or not? Right. 
Um, but let's say Derek King decides to come back. I like the idea of going after a Carson Beck as the, you know, pseudo recruit for this 2021 class. Um, and then the thinking would be Carson Beck, uh, Tyler Van Dyke, um, you're competing essentially, you know, the next 18 months or so for the starting job in 2022. Right. Um, I kind of like how that would play out. Um, I think you, you want Tyler Van Dyke to have competition to be pushed and a guy like Carson Beck, in my opinion, would do that. I don't know, honestly, who's better between those two. I think it's very close. I think the skill sets are, are pretty close too. Would you agree with that? Like, I think they're, they're kind of similar ish guys. Yeah. Um, both baseball players. I, I was going to say, you know, who I think you could say Carson's a little like maybe Shane Bichelle, but maybe Shane uh, Bichelle, who's the current SMU quarterback, a little bit more athletic, um, yeah. but both big arm guys for sure. Yeah. And so, you know, to me, it's just about competition in that quarterback room, which Manny Diaz is well aware of, like that needs to happen. And I've made I've made clear my stance on, you know, I'm not interested in freshmen or redshirt freshmen starting quarterbacks, you know, maybe unless it is like a five-star guy that's can't miss. Yes, that makes sense. But ultimately I want a quarterback situation where the guy has to earn it. I don't want him to just be the best of what's there. I want the starting quarterback at the university of Miami to earn it and compete. And so, you know, getting a guy like Carson Beck, would do that for Tyler Van Dyke. The best man would win. Um, and, and honestly, even if let's say Derek King does decide to pursue NFL options after this season, I think you should, you know, still go after a guy like Carson Beck, a younger guy uh, that you can develop and, and compete for the starting job in 2022. And then I think you go for a guy that's a proven commodity in the transfer portal that you feel like could, could hold things down for that one season in 2021. So, you know, quarterback again, I joked when I said I could talk about it all day, but literally I can, because I think it's so interesting what Miami's going to be faced with um, this off season at that position. So. Oh, absolutely. David, what do you got coming up on the site? Yeah, just more, you know, more NC State stuff. I got some interesting articles, I think, coming up on, on how uh, Derek King has performed against this three-three-five type of defense, NC State runs, um, you know, just more digging into that. Good. So you're telling me if there's a, a rushing total on Derek <laughs> King to, to take the over? That's I think there's a like. chance. Yeah, I think there's a chance. So, you you know, Duke, their quarterback had some scrambling success. Uh, Virginia Tech, their quarterback had some scrambling success. So uh, it's definitely something NC State's going to have to game plan for, in my opinion. Okay. Well, we will be back uh, probably Thursday before the Friday game. Saturday, I'm sure there'll be a recap podcast. So make sure you guys are staying locked to the site inside the U.com recruiting uh early signing period less than two months away things are picking up so it should be a a fun few weeks here take care guys later